What is up, everyone? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. I am Jerry, as I tend to be on the occasional Thursday, coming to you, not live, but recorded from Winston-Salem, North Carolina in the United States. Joining me is frequent visitor, recidivist. He's completely cool with coming on here and, and talking to me and admitting it in public. You know, and he's got a bigger smile than normal, which I didn't think was possible. I wonder why. Jake Holton from Cincinnati, Ohio, is joining us, joining us again from Toffee Targets. And, uh, yeah, man, Jake, welcome back. Happy man. It's good to be here. And, man, what a week to join this show. Oof, oof I feel good. Boy, I feel good. Yeah, I've never felt better as an Everton supporter. Oh my gosh! It's uh, so we had, we had like just this waterfall, <laughs> just this this we have this uh, frequent drip, if you will, of good news for uh, for Evertonians that just that started happen happening about a week and a half ago, maybe a week ago, something like that. And it's just a lot of good vibes. And we were going to start by kind of talking about those uh one by one and then uh and then we'll get a little bit more specific so i would be remiss if i didn't start with 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 the the thing that is uh not chrono not chronologically the first thing that happened but the thing that i think has had all of us just belly laughing in public preferably in front of anyone with a red shirt got a little got a little derby win at Anfield, speaking. Yep. Mm-hmm. How's that sitting with you, Jake? Oh, how's it sitting with me? Wow. I mean, like, I uh, I woke up that morning and I was like, I was feeling like not a hundred percent. I was not like super under. I was, I was not like super sick or anything, but like, just didn't feel that great. And then yeah. you know, I was waiting, waiting, waiting for the team news to come out, and the team news comes out, and I'm like. This side, I just, I, I feel no confidence in this side. This is, this doesn't feel like a side that's going to go in there and, and win at Anfield. Like, I'm like, well, I'm just expecting a loss. And we're so, going to have to talk about that more later. That's a, speci- that's a specific question, by the way, is how confident were you when the team news came out? So you already beat it to the punch. So, um, you were, so you were able to go out and watch the Derby. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a group. We were, you know, safe as we could be at Dana Gardens, and uh, there was a good number of us. And uh, you know, I, I stood the whole time. It was, it's one of the only times I couldn't. I didn't sit for the entire match. I didn't sit during halftime. I didn't sit at all during mm-hmm. play. And you know, obviously, three minutes into the match, bang, they're ahead, and just you lose your mind. You just your head completely falls off your shoulders. And you're just like, I, I can't believe this is real. We just took the lead at Anfield in, in three minutes. And then the immediate thought runs through your head like, oh, oh, no, we have to hold a lead for 87 minutes now. Yeah. Um, 
obviously <laughs> they were up to the task and uh you know I was really hoping Dominic Calvert-Lewin would have gotten that goal and I'm a little disappointed that Alexander Arnold took him down in the box because I think that would have been a really good icing on the cake for Calvert-Lewin to get another goal in a derby you know with the winning goal coming super late on that would have been really awesome but yeah. I'll take the Sigerson penalty and uh I'll take a win no matter how it comes. Yeah, I uh I was all I, I was really looking forward to I was trying to make a uh a pilgrimage down to Charlotte to, to hang out with the Carolina Toppies at Queen City Bites and Crafts. Then I found out my kid had a soccer tournament out of town in Mebbin. And uh it well, you know, it, it was cool because I mean well, they won the they won the tournament. Not a bummer. But <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not a bummer. I, that's the wrong term, but like, no, you know. no, I, I'm with you, dude. I, <laughs> no, so it, it, the, the consolation is my kid, kid played well, their team played great. It was cool. Plus this is like an elite team. It's like a local group. And uh, there's like five or six Evertonian parents on that team. Right. And it's awesome. And I've yeah. never seen anything like it. It's so cool. And of course, Bennett's game is like right smack dab in the middle of the derby, right? It's, it's kicking off just as the derby's about to finish. And, and the whole way, you know, Bennett's in my backseat watching the game on his, on, on, on my phone. I'm, I'm like, dude, somebody's got to watch it. You watch it. Tell me what's going on. You know, and so he got to watch most of the game. And then we get there and I set up the camera because I've been recording my kids' games lately um, just because I find it keeps me calmer during games. And <laughs> I'm not as animated. Uh, so, but uh, so the cool thing is I'm setting up and then there's this group of parents like nearby. One of them's Colombian, by the way, uh, huge Hamas and Mina fan and all that. But uh, he's got the game on and I'm able to just kind of lean over as I'm setting up the camera and we're all, it's just a, group of people crowded around a phone watching an Everton game at a youth soccer game right before kickoff and we're flipping out because we're like oh my gosh is it a penalty is it a penalty what's going on and it was it was such it was oh my gosh and one guy one guy who actually uh I think every once in a while he listens to this uh watches this show but he's Irish right and his son plays for our team. And I saw him from across the field and he's like jumping up and skipping and going what the fuck are It's just, and it's madness, madness at a youth soccer field, all because of a derby. And it's just, it's the coolest. Ah, uh, it's, it's, cause I'm used to, I'm not used to seeing like Everton groups like that, like, like that uh, in North Carolina. I'm just not used to that. And it was such a cool, oh, uh, it's cool vibes. I hated having to, like, I was having to watch the game, like, on a cell phone and not even see the rest of it live. But the next morning, we had recorded it. So the whole family gathered around and watched it before my kid played in the final. So it was, like, good motivation, good vibes, you know. It was awesome. But uh, not really – it's not the ideal viewing scenario. But I will say, even being around a cell phone with, like, five or six other Evertonians, kind of cool. You know, it was, it was not even, not even, I can't even imagine being in a, in a bar hanging out, you know, uh, which would be, which would be rad. So was that, was, was that, was that one of the earliest, uh, was that one of the first gatherings you guys have been able to have? Uh, I mean, we, we, we've been having small gatherings, like 
you know, five mm -hmm. people spread out masks on like real, real safe yeah. stuff. And like everyone had a mask on on Saturday. So it's not like everyone was like maskless and right next oh, to man. each other. Like everyone, everyone had a mask on. So everyone was being safe. Right. Uh, uh, but it was a, it was a, it was a big group, you know, it was like mm -hmm. 20 people, you know, we were 20 deep at least. And, and That's like awesome. madness, just madness in there. Good energy. Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Oh, Jake. <coughs> yeah. I, uh, there's an old movie called a face in the crowd starring Andy Griffith. It's an Elliot Kazan movie. And there's this commercial with Andy Griffith and he has this, it's a shot of just his mouth and it's Andy Griffith's <laughs> mouth laughing maniacally. And I've been, and, and I, I want to find it for, and just play it on a loop. It's, it's all I wanted to do after that, after that win. I was just like, I want to find that Andy Griffith laughing where he's going, ah, just goofy grin. That's how I felt. It was just a constant like cackle, you know? Oh my gosh. Absolutely, just a, oh. and and you know what? I I know, I've only had one red message me, and he was he was fine. He wasn't blaming wind, uh, or any of that mm -hmm. kind of nonsense, um, you know. And I was nice back to him. You know what I mean? There's no need to no need to rub it in. No need. Uh, if he's gonna be cool, but I don't know. Did I remember the times where he was giving me crap about Pickford? Yes. I did. <laughs> Do I remember all that other nonsense? Yeah, no. Nah, I, I, but ugh. if I had any red fans, any red friends, I, I would have been giving it to him. Oh. I'd have been giving it to him on night and day. <laughs> I'd still be giving it to him right now. Yeah, my, uh, my buddy Matt, the on, guy who the on guy who Saturday at at the exact time that they lost, and be say, hey, you remember what happened a week ago, like this second. Oh, yeah, I can't yet. If he, if he next time I catch a little catch a little shit, I will. But I, you know, he's the, he, the this red's like the illustrator of my book, and he's like one of my friends. And I feel kind of he's a nice one, you know. He's one of the nice ones. Still, I know what you mean. Ugh. Um, so anything else? But we're not going to get big analysis on this yet. We're going to do that after our good news as we slalom through the good news i don't know why i said that just felt right there's never this much to get through so yeah it's such yeah it's so cool so next good next bit of good news okay um stadium approval in goodison park approval the plan the community plans uh all approved the council said yay so uh that's that's just holy shit you know right that's fantastic right um what's funny is my i told my i told my son i was like yeah you know they approved the stadium too and he goes what and i was like yeah and he was like what does it look like and i'm sitting here thinking buddy you watched the video with me several times <laughs> in a row when you were younger but sure let's let's do that and and we watched it and uh yeah, uh, he was astounded with how good it looked, which is cool. Uh, and his buddy's a Spurs fan, and his buddy was looking over. He's like, that's not what I thought it would look like. It looks great. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. 
I don't think we're going to convert this kid, yeah, but still, that's, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, good vibes on that and Goodison. Uh, the plans are going to be uh, kind of the community implementation they're going to be using for Goodison. Um, very cool. Very cool stuff. So any, uh, I, I don't really know what to say about that other than yes. And that, you know, that guy who, puts the cone out on the wrong dock and made that video. I guess he was wrong. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> He's going to look like an idiot in like three years time. Well, I, I think he may already uh, be there, Jake, you know, no offense yeah. to the, to the yeah. man's spicy hot yeah. take video, but you know, anyway, so any, anything uh, mm. you want to, anything you want to talk about of this? Cause I feel like it's one of those that's, it's, there and it's awesome well you know it's it's more than just an everton thing this this whole thing Mm -hmm. um you're talking about developing you know what has been described to me by scousers as a derelict area that has just been left behind in -hmm. liverpool so you're talking about building a massive state-of-the-art stadium that's going to be one of the best grounds in the entire premier league and redeveloping the whole Bramley Moore docks area, uh, basically adding just a other piece for the entire city. And why Reds say they have to be against anything good news Everton wise, but like, you know, Reds who live in Liverpool should be behind this plan because it is a good thing for their city. So, wasn't there a council person who was a red who has said who I think who, there was yeah who voted for it yeah I think they were like you know I might be a red but this is really good for Liverpool so yeah see, it was something along that lines definitely <clears throat> very cool very cool uh you know, but I will also add you know that last day at Goodison's going to be really hard it's going to be. <sighs> It's going to be a long day. It's going to be an emotional day. Like I already like get, you know, wound up about it. Like thinking about it, like I'm already like starting to feel like emotional just yeah. thinking about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that to end, you know, like Goodison Park means so much to everyone at Everton football club, even, even in the United States, people who've never mm-hmm. been there, you know, they just yeah. look at it and they're like, that place means so much to me. So, you know, uh, that's going to be a tough day. But luckily for us, we, we've got probably, you know, three or four years left with the old lady. So we, yeah. can, we can enjoy it. Yeah, I'm absolutely going and making sure that my family gets there before, you know, we are going to experience Goodison. It's just the way it is. You know, it's going to happen. I told, that's what I was telling Bennett and his friends, I was like, no, we're going to the, to the old, you know, the, I was like the history that's there. You don't understand how long it's been there. It's like, you don't understand the games that have been played there. So like, you don't get it. And you, and so I was like, we are going there. It's going to happen. And then when Bramley Moore happens, we're going to go there too. And they're both going to be amazing experiences for different reasons. You know? So yeah, man. Another, so that is good news. Number two. All right. Good news number three. All right. Where do I even want to go next? Because these, all these are like 
super important. Um, let's let's just go uh, because I have less information about this one and I have more information about the the next one. But Luca Dean signed a new contract. Luca Dean is uh, yeah, he's committed a little more time. So if so, there, there's some there's some cynical ways of looking at this, like oh, yeah. it means you're going to get more money if you sign somewhere else. Okay, that is yeah. a okay. So it is smart business. One, I'm not mad at that. But also, if he genuinely does intend to stay, which is all indications, yes, then um, I mean, that's perfect. You know, he has six yeah. assists this season in the Premier League. You know. In, yeah. in like, Amazing. less than normal starts for him. Yeah. Dude. So, uh, uh, yeah. You're I, talking I about a guy. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, you're talking about a guy who's created more chances than any left back in, in the European continent. So, having him around for a couple more years – is a really good thing for your football club. Um, You know, six assists this year could have been more. There's been a couple like the Seamus Coleman diving header this weekend. That would have been number seven. That one, dude. My my word, what a ball. Holy cow. That man can put a ball on somebody's head, somebody's foot from the most ridiculous positions. And I'm like, I don't even understand how that's possible. But yeah, this is this is excellent news. Even if you're gonna look at it the same way, like, oh well, they'll they'll sell him if they don't make Europe. Well, fine, then they'll make a hundred million pounds off of him. Like, it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot. Yeah, I don't know how much, but it'll be it'll be uh, yeah, just smart business. You know, it's another reason to be like Marcel Bronze. Well done, dude. You yeah. know, um, but I, I think this is one of those I, I'll choose to be a little naive and say he wants to stay. And he wants to be with Carlo. He wants to be with these players and he wants to be with these fans, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, like he's a guy who hasn't shown any kind of signs of like, Oh, uh, not being happy. Like not he, at all. he seems to, I, I said this uh, after the Derby went on Saturday, it seems like everyone in this squad wants to be here. Okay. And then except for Fabian Delph, that guy sucks and he needs to get out of the club forever. I hate that guy. He needs to get out of here. He's the only one who I'm like, I don't want him around. But anyway. I am really sick, Jacob, of you hiding your real feelings about things. Beating around the bush, me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should, I should be more upfront. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, just, do, I'll do that from now on. You're too subtle, man. <laughs> All what do right. you want from me? Fabian Dump doesn't want to be here. He wants the basics of football. The basics of that football. He sucks and he never plays because he's always hurt, which isn't his fault. I'm not going to get mad at him for being hurt all the time, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it didn't sit well with people the way he was joking around after the city game, huh? No. 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 It was a, it was a very bad look. Yeah, not the not the best. But anyway, hey, hey, hey. No more bad energy on this. Yes. Come on. This, this is, is a positive good, week. This is good news. Good. This is the, the good vibes pod, man. That's what's happening right now. Everything's good. We're not going to sully that. By talking about Delft's bizarre party with his city peeps. No. 
No. So fine. Luca Dean's good. <laughs> I was gonna hijack this show. <laughs> I was gonna turn it into what Everton Twitter is all the time. <laughs> A Delph hate fest. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Luca Dean staying on. Very cool. Good stuff. Uh-huh. I was worried because I, I was you kept hearing updates about it, but you you that happens. That's happened before. You hear, oh, it's going to happen anytime. Oh, it's going to happen anytime. That's the one I'm thinking of, dude. That one, that one burned a little, you know, even though common sense told me the other way was probably. That one hurt. Yeah, because like, yeah. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. That one, that one kind of stung because like, I remember like a month before he got, before he said he wasn't going to sign a new deal it was basically set in stone that he was going to sign a new deal. And everyone was like, yes, Rom is actually going to stay. He's going to try to help us fight for Europe. And mm-hmm. he's like, psych, I'm out of here. I'm going to Manchester United. And everyone was like, ouch. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not great. No. Yeah. That would, that one burned a little. But again, like I said, common sense told me uh, that's what would happen. Uh, I was hopeful, you know, but eh, eh. Anyway, no, no more clouds on a sunny day, Jacob. No more. Moving uh, forward. So, more good news. This, this bit of good news, all of North America is affected by it, which is amazing, which essentially means that's just good for, for Everton as a whole. But new Hummel, North American supporter group branded merchandise. Okay. The website is www.soccer.com slash Everton. And it's one of those slashes that's leaning to the right. It's leaning right. Some call that a forward slash. I've heard people not call that. I've heard people call it a backward slash. That's why I'm saying it's leaning to the right to prevent confusion. <laughs> anyway, how <laughs> did I wasted all that time? <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's really cool because I've actually looked up you know my supporters group, which would be Carolina Toffees. I've looked up the merchandise that's on there, and there's Hummel branded stuff on there, which is so rad. Okay, and. In addition to that, so it's very specific. It's bringing Everton into your community, unifying your community, which is cool. But additionally, 10% of all worldwide sales will be donated to Everton in the community. And Hummel North America will also donate $1 to Everton in the community for every item sold up to a maximum of like $1,000, I think. But uh, it's very, yeah, it, the, bringing the, the club is, Hummel is bringing the club to you you know what I mean? So it's sort of, I don't know. I, it's it's crazy to see Carolina Toffee's Hummel stuff. You know, love it. Very cool. Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, you could, Cincy Toffee's, I'm sure that stuff would be on there, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. They've got their own, we've got our own uh, Hummel branded uh, Everton gear now. And, you know, this is, this is pretty crazy because nothing like this has ever been done before for supporter groups in the United States of America. Um, which is unbelievable. I, I think that just goes to show 
you know, I think Everton probably had a hand in this. Like, hey, you know, they've been trying to get better at their American outreach, which right. has been lacking for a long time. And I, I think that I think the the uh, the survey that the Chicago Toffees, what was his name? Um, Tony. He, he, Tony. Yeah. Tony. I think, you know, his survey, I think that might've had something to do with this. Um, and then for Hummel to be willing to do this, that's, that's, you know, this, this has been such a, a, a night and day difference between having Umbro and having Hummel and like Hummel is fun and they want to engage with the fans and they're always, they're always tweeting every weekend and like, Umbro, you never got anything. You never got anything out of Umbro, and their kits were just starting to get pretty terrible towards the end. And you know, you know, it's obviously the first year with Hummel, and they nailed it with their first three kits, and now they're producing, you know, merchandise for all the supporter groups across the United mm-hmm. States. It's just it's unbelievable. Like I, I never thought this would happen as yeah. a supporter of this club. So. You know, to be able to get my own city, you know, with as an Everton logo with official Hummel gear, that's amazing. I will buy all of that I can. And to know <laughs> that some of that money is going back into the community to the EI, you know, Everton in the community, like double win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I, this was a surprise, you know, and, and, and all those supporters groups and people with supporters groups. <clears throat> kept dropping little hints like exciting stuff coming soon it's coming just get ready and i'm the just like stop emoji. teasing me stop teasing the eyeball you know, emoji everywhere so many eyeballs man and uh but it was cool it was a it was a very a very exciting and, and you're right I, you know it feels like it, it feels like the club and hummel and uh you know the fan forum you know, it seems like a lot of, there's work happening and it's genuine exchange of ideas and they're genuinely trying to reach out to American fans, you know, um, North American fans, actually, it's not just American, you know, you've yeah, got, you've got some Canadian Canadians in and... there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really, I don't know. I, I was, I was just kind of touched by it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it was very. It was a touching thing, uh, the fact that that was that was happening. And you know, for the longest time, people have said, you know, it's what you were saying earlier. You know, tapping into the American, you know, fan base, making sure you're they're reaching out and doing that. And that's exactly what's happening. When I see these beautiful things, like on Twitter, with all the supporters group heads and people in these big meetings on like Zoom. They've taken a screen, screenshot and you're sitting there and you see some faces you recognize and they're all just sitting there talking about plans for, for Everton supporters groups and for the club moving forward. It's just, it's exciting. It's, it just matches all the other awesome stuff that the club's got going on right now. It's just like, I feel spoiled for a hot second here. You know what I mean? So I don't know if anybody's going to be able to tolerate, by the way, all these positive, all this positive energy from us. Maybe we need to say something like negative. Something I can bring negative? it down if you want. Are you, are you, are you going to be negative Nigel? 
Are you going to be a? I don't know. I wasn't planning on it, but like, if we if we need to bring it down a little bit, like I'm sure I could find something. In fact, I got something loaded. Like if we need it. Oh, you've been you prepped for negativity just in case to balance it out. No, 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 not at all. But like, I can pull it off the top of my head without any problems. (laughs) You're like Yarmolinko. Remember that. <laughs> yes, remember I when do. they lost? Remember when they drew Newcastle two nil or two two after being up two nil in the ninety third minute with four minutes of stoppage time? Too soon, Jacob. Too soon. Oh, <laughs> oh it, it yes. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be such a good moment because it was Moise Keane's first goal. It was great. Yeah. And then, it, and then it wasn't. Yeah. But anyway. It's- now that we've balanced that out, that's well done. Well done. Anyway, so just one more time, just to hammer it home, soccer.com is where you can find the uh, Hummel supporter group branded merchandise, uh, North American toffees. Uh, uh, it's just, yeah, check this out. There's a lot of really good stuff. So soccer.com, leaning to the right slash Everton. Yes. Okay, and I checked it out right before I came on, so I know it's right. Just so. <laughs> up to date. All right, so I think we've given that. Uh, I, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, Tony, Tony, I hope that was two thumbs up. You're excited, okay? It's a right. big step, Tony. Yeah. Yes. Very Shout cool, out to Tony. Always shouts out to Tony, man. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, that's an awful throw. Forget that. They are much better, Jerry. Gosh, it's like a foul ball. It's awful. All right, so the Derby happened. For those of you, uh, we've already spoiled this. So if you haven't watched it by now. Look, man, if you're an Everton dead. supporter and you don't know what the score is or what happened this past weekend, you've clearly been living under a rock. Frozen caveman, frozen cave person, right? Yeah, uh, it was a it was a healthy two nil win at Anfield. Um, Doesn't that just make you giddy saying that? Yeah. Like every time you say it, you're just like, "Who's <laughs> won at Anfield?" Presumably, our players have have almost finished wiping the, you know, scrubbing the stench off of them from having to be there. Uh, but hopefully the, you know, they'll still be feeling the good vibes. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Ferguson kisses. Because apparently that happened a lot at the end of that game. Well earned. A lot. a lot. <laughs> so much, so much big man hugs. Uh, uh, so let's start, let's start with the early goal by Richarlison. And more specifically, the, uh, the assist by Hamez as well. Uh, I was I was in the kitchen prepping to drive an hour with my family, getting a bunch of stuff ready, and then I hear my son, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's a goal. And, yeah, so that happened like that. Insanity, right before we left. Um, took, took me by surprise. A, a killer finish by Richarlison. Um, but the assist by Hamez was just – Oh my God, it was beautiful, man. Um, so clearly, yeah. that's probably our best highlight 
attacking wise of the day. Um, pretty solid stuff. So who's your considering that play, but there's a lot going on defensively. If you had to pick a man of the match, are you thinking something defensive or attacking? Uh, you know, honestly, this is a really hard one to pick. Um, you could go with Jordan Pickford, who was you know, outstanding in the goal. Go with, um, go with Michael Keane, who was voted man of the match and was um, tweeted out as manager match by Everton's mm-hmm. Twitter page. Um, you could... I think you could go offensively. I think Richarlison was a handful for the Liverpool defense. Uh, Tom Davies was all over the place, and he hit that outlook pass to Richarlison to send him on his way, and who found Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I mean, there's a lot of good options. It was so good. That was such a lethal counterattack. Um, and it, it just kind of goes to show what this team can do when Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are both on the pitch um, mm-hmm. and they're both in space. Like, if, they, if you have both of those guys in space running at defenders, it's going to be a problem because either A, they're not going to run with Dominic Calvert-Lewin or they're not going to be fast enough to keep up with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, or B, Richarlison's going to be skillful enough to find the right pass to put him in, right? Or mm-hmm. vice versa. But anyway, man of the match shout. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Jordan Pickford. He um, he was just outstanding. He was he was so confident um, and he was so strong the entire match. That save on the outside of the boot volley from Jordan Henderson on the edge of the penalty on the edge of the box was yeah. outstanding. I, I don't think that save got enough fanfare. You know, Agreed. Lee Dixon and, and Arlo White kind of hit on, on how good of a save it was. But I, I just, you know, if it was Allison on the other end making that save, it would have gone on about it for 20 minutes, right? Yep. Um, but he was he was outstanding. And his his distribution was actually on point. You know, I think the wind kind of helped him out with that. But it was his distribution was actually really, really good on Saturday. And he put everything into a couple of really good attacking opportunities. So... Uh, my man in the match shout close second goes to zombies because you know he uh he he made the greatest midfielder in the world look like you know a child talking about you Thiago. yeah idea balls man it's a master of idea balls uh so uh, he's I, I hate to sit there and do that because you know he the is the greatest a, midfielder in the world. He is a very skilled player. I don't want to sit there and just totally but some perspective is is needed. Yes. Yes. So uh so also I want to give uh for Pickford the uh the save he made on Mo Salah in the second half. Um did you notice that one yeah. I mean it's like a 1v1 and it was coming in on our left flank. So Salah was coming on the right. Great save. Yep. But did you notice by any chance his, his movement with his legs? It was the exact mm-hmm. same thing he did for that save that he did for that thing that happened the first time we played them. 
Same movement with the legs, except Wait, this what time. Happened? I, I haven't heard anything about it. What happened? No one's, what, no one's ever talked about it. No, Nobody it's, it's, said anything about it. So, like, no idea what you're talking about. And if only the player involved would have been at the game trying to act like he was some sort of tough guy. No, never mind. Nope. Nope. Not going to go there. Stopping. But it was the exact same. It was I the exact same. died anyway. <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Where do you go? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, a lot of people were tweeting that, so it's a thing. Um, uh, but it was the exact same motion with his feet. Um, yeah. And I think the difference yeah, is I was. think he didn't lose track of where the ball was on this one, and the player was farther away. But it was the exact same he made, he did the same leg motion, you know? And so it wasn't one of those things where, I don't know. It was one of those things where I feel, I feel like more people should have mentioned that somebody like, uh, like I noticed it. And then I saw someone on Twitter mention it. And I was like, I'll like that. I don't know who it was. I was like, I like that because I noticed it, you know? So anybody who's saying like, that was an on purpose kind of thing. That's just the way he moves his legs on those up close saves on that side, period. You know? So, that was solved, which was good too. Killer save, just a really killer right. save. So, in a game, in a match where most people played played well, did anybody struggle? Um, you know, if I had to pick, if you're you're if you're asking me to pick somebody, I wouldn't say Andre Gomes struggled, but he was probably the worst out of the bunch. Um, he was reckless. His yellow card was deserved, I think, because you know he had uh, he had pulled somebody back on a breakaway, um, like twenty minutes before he picked up that yellow card, mm-hmm. um, and then you know he kicked out. I think he kicked out Thiago when he was in the midfield or something, and that's when he picked up mm-hmm. his yellow, and and that's when everyone kind of like held their breath. They're like, "Oh man, we have to get Andre Gomes off because he will pick up another yellow card in this match." Yeah. Um, so. He he made you more nervous, more than anyone else in the in the team did. Um, obviously, Ben Godfrey had another outstanding match. He wasn't he wasn't bad. Um, Decor- you know what? Actually, I'm going to go with Decore. You know, I know Andre Gomes got taken off, but I'm actually going to go with Decore. He gave the ball away. But I think the last I was counting, I think he had given the ball away needlessly in like the middle of the pack six times, which. When you're playing against Liverpool, you can't do that because most of the time they will punish you. So mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go with Decore. He he had a uh, he had a rough one. I that's who I wrote down as being someone, and I hesitate. I, I always hesitate to to use the word struggled because I feel like it sort of nullifies any good things they did. It comes across as though you're saying, "Hey, they, they didn't do anything right," which is not true. Um, but my, my issue was exactly what you're saying, Jake, is the fact that he gave the ball away so much. You know, I was talking to uh, Kieran, the guy at um, my son's game, you know, the, the, you know the, he's a dad of, of a you know, young player. And he said, you know, Decore didn't have his best game. And I, I was like, I agree. You know, it was just a lot. Of, so I, I th- I, it's, not just, it's not just us. I think a lot of other people noticed. Um, and, but I, I want to be clear. That's like one of my favorite players this season. 
Yeah. Right? Like he's Yeah, no, it's it's not disparaging <laughs> against him. He just you just can't give the ball against Liverpool. And outside of that, he was fine, you know. Defensively he was stout. He was he was making runs forward like he always does, you know, just you know, gave the ball way too much. Yeah. And there were times where I was just kind of like, oh, really? You know, it was a lot of those where I felt like a little more care. Um, and it could be he was just too amped up. That happens. You get too amped up. You don't have a cool, head, cool yep. enough ahead. It happens. Um, yeah. But, again, the core struggling is, you know, it's not like it was an awful game, you know, from him. Uh, so – that lineup slash formation, you didn't have much confidence in it in the beginning. I got to be honest. I backed Carlo the whole way. No, uh, I was like you. I, <laughs> I genuinely was, uh, was worried because uh, I feel like we don't normally, when we, when we start like that, we don't normally start with a lot of energy. I was not expecting us to, Yeah come out like that um i didn't have a lot of as much confidence either um and they and so it's one of those things where you know uh sometimes uh, we don't get it right hey eh? <laughs> it's really okay uh, I, I will say jake know, jake it's really funny the lag on here sometimes i'll say something and i'll wait for your reaction and it'll be frozen and you'll be like this <laughs> it's like it's genuinely funny. I'm like, oh hell, Jake got pissed about something. Oh no, there he's smiling. It's it's the internet. Got it. So <laughs> keeps getting. Uh, anyway, keep talking, dude. So Sorry. something, yeah, something that you uh, I saw that they did at the very onset that I don't think I've seen them do all season long was pressure aggressively. They were pressing and I really don't think Liverpool's expecting that at all you know mm. the uh the press was on from the get-go um the very first ball came in from Godfrey and it gets pushed out for a corner kick 20 seconds Liverpool on the back foot from the very onset of the match which mm. how often does that happen when Everton is playing Liverpool, you know, you know, Liverpool couldn't get the ball out of their own half and Decore kept heading it back, heading it back. Finally, he's able to get it to James who brings it down on his left foot brilliantly and then slides it into Richarlison. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they usually work like that, but the pressing that Everton did, made a difference. It made a big difference. And I'd like to see them do more of that pressing if they're going to be playing in a formation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think I was, I think the thing that really got me was Liverpool's lack of clear shots on goal. Um, I felt like we did a solid job of organizing defensively and making sure they didn't have a lot of clear shots on goal. And when they did, Pickford did the thing that a number one keeper is supposed to do. Bail you out. You know, when you have a misstep, misstep your keeper is supposed to be the guy you can go, are you going to bail us out? 
You know what I mean? And he did exactly what he was supposed to do. That was number one behavior, you know, and cool headed behavior. Um, but yeah, man, that was, I feel like that's just the team de- uh, defensive like setup. Uh, I love the idea of, you know, just they would possess the ball, but just couldn't crack in. You know, we were, we were covering. It was nice. It was comforting. And if uh, I, I had, it gave me confidence in every single defensive player that was on the field at that time, you know? So that yeah. was, uh, that was nice. Uh, I, so as far as the penalty goes, uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I don't really understand people who are trying to argue that it wasn't a penalty anywhere on the internet. It's just, it's just, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you can be, you can be upset about your team giving away a dumb penalty, but like, honestly, it wasn't a dumb penalty because if he doesn't trip Dominic Calvert Lewin, he's in on goal and it's two 0 anyway. So, um, it's actually, I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to give some credit to Trent Alexander Arnold. He did the right thing. Like in that situation, like you can't just let him have a, a free shot on goal, right? So like if anything, like I don't understand. Like they, they took it the wrong way, like blaming the ref. Like, oh, that's not a pen. You know, this, that, and the next thing, Calvert-Lewin ran into him. And he might have run into him, but he was regaining his balance. And then Alexander-Arnold sticks his leg out and trips him. And it's like, well, and then, then at that point, it's got to be a penalty. So, well, well, also one of the one of the reasons he ran into him is Alexander Arnold knows he's there and raises up higher. That's yeah. that's I mean, a direct. Just, yeah. I mean, he clearly notices that Calvert Lewin's right there and is trying to get a piece of him. Like it's there, you know. Uh, there's there's a couple of reasons why you could say there's there's more than one point of contact. You know. Yeah. And. So I I don't know, man. I I agree. I think that was a, a penalty. And um, if we're going, I, I I if I'm the ref, I'm not I'm not really sure that I feel like it warrants a red card. But if I'm going according to the rules, yeah, according to the rules, is a red card supposed to be a red, man? At the whole time when I saw that happening, I was I was looking at that guy's phone. And I was just like, I was like, Miguel, how is that not a red? Isn't that supposed to be a red when that happens? You know? Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't get it. Yeah, the boys on the American Toffees podcast read the rule as it's written in the rule book. Mm-hmm. And as they're reading it, I'm like, well, that's clear cut. What Alexander Arnold did is a penalty and it's a red card. Mm-hmm. So because I think I think the rule states something along the lines of if it's a penalty and it's a foul on a clear goal scoring opportunity, it has to be a red card. Mm-hmm. So in those circumstances, I don't understand how it's not. I'm not going to get too upset about it. It is what it is. Water under the bridge. No big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good job by Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent job by him. Well placed. Well done. Very well placed. It was nice. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. And guesses right, and he puts it in the corner. You know, Allison can't get to it. 
I got to be honest, that approach, that staggered like approach drives me nuts every time. It's like, I, I just wish, you know, just, just step up and kick the darn thing. I did just, I, I, uh, it puts, it gives me more gray hairs, man. I'm just like, just put it down. Let's, you know, it's just that weird little, and it's, it's strategy. I know. And he's trying to figure out where to put it. He's trying, there's a few things happening there. Like I get it, but it just if, when they miss it, it just looks so dumb. It just looks, it, it, it makes me more angry than if you just placed it and missed it just, but you know what? He made it. So me, <laughs> but I would have been so angry. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, the fume on Everton Twitter Oof. would have been immense. So, uh, any other thoughts on the on the Derby man? Let's win both of them next year. Very fun with that. Sin, like yeah, with with a packed house, hopefully. Yes, with some people there. Just looking that way. Yeah, looking that way, you know. They're saying full capacity by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, football with fans again is going to be the greatest thing to ever happen. <laughs> we took it for granted. We took it for granted for way too long. We did. We really did. We really did. And it just every time I see an empty sit because the thing that really sucks about that derby is Sigerson would have sunk that penalty right in front of the Everton fans. Yep. Richarlison would have scored his goal in front of the cop, done the pigeon dance in front of the cop, in front of a packed house, and then Sig would have sunk in front of the Everton fans. Like, you can't write it any better than that. And, you know, it just sucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eh, that's okay. It's it's it would have been so excellent. It's going ahead, breaking that seal next year. You know, it's open. There Do it go. again. Yeah, yeah. And I loved. Do it again. Uh, I loved hearing the. I, I listened to the the Rio Ferdinand podcast. Like it was a YouTube. It's a YouTube video as well, where he had. Uh, uh, Holgate and Godfrey on and I, I think other people have talked about this on Twitter but uh, when Godfrey's talking about giving them no respect and just you know yeah yeah it's just a it's the way to approach it yep so anyway just that an extra player who's going to bring that kind of brain hmm that mentality, dude. He's that also going to bring Rax Aaron's in the summertime. We'll see. We'll see. We may talk about that in our mailbag. Call up your best mate. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. So, 2 0 win at Anfield felt like 100 0. Just saying. All right. Yeah. Dos a cero. <laughs> uh, that's it on the, the Derby review. We're going to move on. Uh, so, that. Oh, damn. That can't happen. That's better. So, Southampton preview. March 1st, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means I'm going to be at work. 
and I have to somehow put that on my TV and or my monitor at work and listen to the game. So that's going to be an adventure. But um, yeah, yes. and and it's a in the past. This is one of those games after some really good vibes that tends to slow the good vibes. So, I'm going to be positive. Acknowledging the fact that, yes, in the past that's happened, but not this time. No. Uh, Southampton right now are 8, 6, and 11. They're 14th in the table with 30 points. Their previous three matches, 3-0 loss to Leeds, 1-1 draw with Chelsea, 2-1 loss to Wolves. Their last win was in the FA Cup, February 11th, versus Wolves. But their last win in the Premier League was a 1-0 win over over uh, over the, the red side. Um, January 4th, you know, winning. I think it was January 4th, yeah. Yeah, winning 2-0 against them is just not for everybody. You know what I mean? What do you think? Nope. Nope. So – Basically, they're not they're not they're not they're not having a good run right now. Um, Southampton are not playing their best football right now. Um, possible lineup, um, and then uh, we can talk about their danger men, the people you're worried about: McCarthy, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Salisu, and Bertrand in the back. James Ward-Prowse, Oriol Romeu in the middle, Armstrong and Minamino, Che Adams, and the orc personified Danny Ings. Um, Danger men, who are you worried about on that Southampton squad? Uh, in the reverse fixture, um, he he really tore Everton apart and Prowse, um, I think, is a guy that you have to be very, very aware of. Um, another guy who who really caused Everton fit, I didn't really see it coming, was Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, I don't know if he's going to play, but if he, he is, is. going to play, he uh, – okay. I was going to say, because he was, he was really a handful the last time, and he was diving all over the place. And if you remember, he's the one that Lucas Dean stepped on and, you know, sent off for it, mm. which was ridiculous. So, um, it, but if you're going to ask me for one guy, it's going to be James Ward-Prowse. Uh, you cannot, under any circumstances, give away free kicks no. 25 yards near the goal. Like, no. yeah, you're, you're going to have to be – your defenders are going to have to be extra careful when they get close to the box, you know, because mm-hmm. he's going to – those players are going to be looking to go down and getting a free kick. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be diving that's going to happen. And there's, you know, obviously there's going to be legitimate fouls too. But, like, you, you have to, to tell your defenders and your midfielders, we have to stay out of fouls in this area mm-hmm. because he will hurt you in this area. So James yeah. Ward-Prowse is my guy. Obviously, the second guy you got to worry about is Danny Ings. Like, he's going to be a menace. He's going to be annoying. Yep. He's going to score some scrappy goal that's going to piss you off. He tends to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ings right now has eight goals in the Prem this season. 
Uh, Ward Prowse has five goals and five assists. Uh, Che Adams actually has uh, four goals and four assists. Um, These are, these are players that produce for him, you know, Um, and the guy they signed on loan, Minamino, uh, is not, is, you know, he's had a goal or two. Yep. So, um, these are, these are players that are worth keeping an eye on. Um, Ward Prowse has had my eye for a long time, man. Uh, it's, he is, him and Ings though, are the two that stand out. You, you nailed the, the main two for me. Uh, Ward Prowse, I, I remember, gosh, when I first started watching, you know, Southampton games, I was like, that kid can put a ball in, can he? Like his, his set playability is ridiculous. Um, it's just, it's really sound. And Ings is just, you know, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I mean, no, he's like a angry, like warthog. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He just gives you a headache. He gets into these dangerous positions all the time. And then he's, you know, he's just going to get a goal. He's going to get up. He's a poacher. Like he's, he's, uh, I mean, like he's not going to create a bunch of his own goals, but he is a poacher. You give him an opportunity and he's going to put it in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's uh, poacher is the best word, you know, scrappy. He finds a way, knows where to be. Uh, and he, yeah, he gets under your skin. Um, you, so, uh, you laid out a nightmare scenario for me, by the way, that I just thought about in my head, where Takumi Minamino scores a brace and uh, Southampton win 2-0, and I just put my hands on my head, and I'm just like, last weekend meant nothing. It just meant nothing. They just, <laughs> they literally just reached into Southampton and got their revenge. Like, you just, you your- just laid out a nightmare scenario in my head. There's your dose of negativity balanced out by by Jake there. You know, just balancing oh. out the positives oh. of this episode. I would be physically ill if that happened. It would yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's oh. a bad one. And I I'm I'm a little upset that you said it out loud, but you know, hey, it's okay. Yeah, I have now <laughs> spoken into existence, which means <laughs> Everton Twitter is going to be all over me if it happens. Ah, oh, man. Uh, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't hold grudges. What do you mean? No. <laughs> Everton Twitter, no. No. Uh, so, uh, uh, you mean Minamino? No Minamino on, on Monday, no. No, Minamino, no. 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 Yes. So, uh, <sighs> By the way, I will say this next topic is probably the most infuriating thing lately. Trying to pick our lineup, trying to guess our lineup is is absolutely. Uh, you got a dartboard? In- no, it, yeah, I it, it'd be more accurate. Yeah, you got a dartboard and some darts that I can throw at it with every name that could possibly start this weekend. It's. I don't know where, where it's going to go. You never know who he's going to cycle in. Um, you know, is Alan going to start? Is he going to play him at all? You know, or is he going to wait till we need him? You know, what, what the crap is going on with Alon? I don't know. I mean, I've written him down to start uh, just to kind of, just because I feel like Alon seems like the kind of player that would need to start from the beginning of the game rather than come in later to kind of grow into it. But 
I don't know, man. I mean, I right. I mean, it already. I do think Pickford's going to start again. Yep. You know, um, use your back four. Uh, I would go with. I mean, I think you have to go with the same four that started on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think the exact same back four that we had, you know, Godfrey, Keane, Holgate, Coleman. I think that's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Dean out on the left wing, left mid player. I think that's a really good spot for him, honestly. Um, if you could, honestly, though, I mean, if you could, because you've got, you've got some cover with Godfrey, Nielsen, Kunku, is going to be that guy soon, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you wanted to, I mean, you could switch it up to a 4-4-2 and, like, play play Dina and Nielsen Kungu in a 4-4-2. I mean, I'm not saying that's what they would do against Southampton. In fact, I'm almost certain they wouldn't. Right. But I think you have to go with the same back four, right? Godfrey, Holgate, Coleman, and Keane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dean playing left wing. I would play, I would play Alon and Decore as midfielders with Tom Davies sitting in behind them, right in front of the, in front of the back four, with, uh, I'd say Alex Iwobi out on the right wing, and then, you know, send Richie up front. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I did. I actually, kind of... sorry, DCL up front. Okay. I meant to, but Richie's got to be in there somewhere too. So I don't know. I, I lost count of how many people I said, so I kind of screwed that up. Yeah. You said, uh, it's about 13. Uh, but I stopped counting after you said <laughs> Besic and Martina. Uh, no, uh. no, no, man. Uh, basically you kind of got the numbers a little, a little off once you started going with, yeah. Me. With uh, yeah, like just the front line though, really, because yeah. um, you you said the middle line, you know, with Decore, Alan, and Davies, which are the three that I have written down, um, and you had all the same defenders as I did, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Holgate in there, in one way or another, um, wouldn't shock me at all for that to happen, uh, because that was the thing, um, I mean, yeah, when we had. Holgate matching up against Sadio Mane looked really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. That's something we didn't mention, by the way. We should have mentioned it. It's a little late, but freaking Holgate yeah. on, on him looked awesome. So, Especially when he's been like in some, some rough form recently. Yeah. You know, it was nice to see him kind of come out and, and have like a really good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... You know, and uh, so you don't think Hamas starts? Yeah, see, that's the, that's the tough part about this, right? Because um, if you're going to start Alex Iwobi, you can't really start no. Hamas or Rodriguez. Be, um, and, and, if, and if you do start both of those, you don't start Richarlison. So, yeah. Tough. And right now I would start yeah, Richarlison, yeah. like you said, because he's got a little goal streak going. Let him ride it. You know, he's yeah. He seems to he seems to have come alive. He seems to have come back to Richarlison form. That finish that he had on Saturday was like peak Richarlison. That's like a signature. He get it first time, and it was pinpoint into the corner. Nothing mm-hmm. the keeper could do about it. So, 
I think he's yeah. finally found his form. So sitting him and like I, I think rotating Hamez out more frequently isn't the end mm-hmm. of the world for this side. I think obviously the team is better with him in there, but I think you can get away with rotating him a bit more. Well, I look at that back line of Bednarik, who I don't really associate with being a right back, by the way. Um, uh, Vestergaard, who is very tall. Salisu and Bertrand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if we adjust based on the quickness of that back line or lack thereof. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no speed at all. There's no pace in that back line. I mean, Ryan Bertrand for the most part, but uh, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Bertrand outside of him, like you're looking at Vestergaard who is not very quick. Um, uh, ben Rack, he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's not very quick. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to see if that would affect anything, but there Southampton is a team that does tend to put numbers forward and attack there. Yes. They usually have yes. no issues with attacking, which makes me wonder if this is one of those where we absorb some of their pressure and kind of, you know, use that and then counter the way we've done so many times. I feel like our, I feel like we're at our, it's, sometimes we're at our strongest when we're playing like that. You know what I mean? So if that's the case, which one works better in that sort of role? Hamas or Iwobi? Iwobi, I always feel like is great for dribbling, cracking through the line. But Hamas for me is like, slicing through the lines a little. So I would almost wonder if Hamas would be the one to go with. You know what I mean? I think it's a good uh, problem to have. Oh, it's such a um, good problem. Against, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this scenario, um, playing against uh, a struggling Southampton side, um, obviously Hamas was kind of – I mean, I'm not going to say he was roughed up again on Saturday, but he certainly mm-hmm. was. That's a point. He, target of some physical challenges and you know it's becoming a a a theme week in and week out with James Rodriguez and I'm not saying that he needs to have a break against Southampton because the guys have been off for over a week at that point Mm. you know so I think I I think I could be talked into starting James Rodriguez but I think it is good to start Alex Iwobi like I think it is good to keep keep having him start every couple of, every couple matches or so. And if he's not effective, you know, you can bring him off at halftime and, and sub Hamas Rodriguez in because mm-hmm. um, typically we usually keep it even keel in the first half at home, right? It's usually mm-hmm. nil-nil going into the break, and then that's when things fall apart in the second half. So um, I, 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 I personally would – would start Alex Iwobi this weekend. And if you can give James Rodriguez the week off and then come back and start him in the next match. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I mean, I think there's logic there. I do. Um, so good stuff. Um, what's going to happen score wise. I'm not going to predict a loss because the, you know, ever, I mean, but I also don't feel comfortable predicting a win because they haven't won there since 
I think like December or something at Goodison. So uh, I don't think Southampton are going to have enough firepower to win this match because they have been on a, a woeful goal scoring drought, essentially. I mean, I think, I, I think that when I was watching their match this past weekend, or somebody tweeted about it. I don't remember. I saw it somewhere. They have scored like, since they beat Liverpool, they've scored like four goals or something, four or five goals. It's been absolutely abysmal. But I think their offense will come back to life this this Monday. Um, I'm going to put it down as 2-2 draw at Goodison. It's very close to what I picked. But I'm going to be bold. I'm picking a hard-fought 3-2 3-2 Everton win. Uh, I think a little bit of the emotional letdown may happen. I can see it. It's, I mean, it's been an emotional little ride. But I do think that that positive mojo is going to – and I think uh, Southampton's affected by some negativity right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. and right now – Everton seems all about like breaking through some of that, like, well, we haven't done that for a while. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to say three, two Everton. I, you know, I, I don't know how comfortable I am picking it, but it's happening. I can't really disagree with you. I mean, like these, these kind of Derby wins can be a win that can kind of galvanize a squad. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's 13 matches left in the, 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 the campaign. I mean, this is the kind of win that can carry you for mm-hmm. at least a couple of matches. So, so and it, and it, yeah. Yeah. And at some point we have to start winning the daggone ones we're supposed to, right? <laughs> at home. You know, you know getting the losing points. Losing at Goodison Park. That's at some point, like I, I heard Holgate was, t- you know, on that, on that podcast, he was like, yeah, we keep giving up points to, to teams we should be we should be beating. Yeah, you know? Newcastle. It's, We're looking it's, at you. Fulham. Yeah. Sorry, the Fulham game really. The only reason going. Newcastle yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, Fulham was awful. They they completely beat us off our own pitch, made made us look like we were the relegation side, right? Yeah. Um but, you know, the only reason Newcastle aren't in a relegation battle with Fulham right now is because they got six points off of Everton. <laughs> how, okay. how annoying is that, right? All right. All right, Jake. Let us never speak of it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle is going to haunt my nightmares for the rest of my life. They just continuously keep popping up and beating us in the most – ridiculous ways and you know draw us i'm sick of newcastle united you know what though if they get relegated we don't have to worry about it for a while no worries that could happen just saying yeah that's right we'll be playing in europe and they'll be playing you know away days at millwall yeesh sorry i said flashbacks uh, to when we played millwall yeah all right. So, are we done? The depth Southampton of preview? Yes. Yes. Cool. It is super confusing with all the lag right now. I can't tell when you've spoken. Moving on. Questions? Yes. <laughs> all right. So, we have a lot of mailbag stuff. A lot of it. Um, so, first one. 
for Jacob. All right. Let me see if I can identify exactly who it was that asked. I believe it if it was someone named Let's see here. Hold on. Alfie Lloyd on Twitter. I want to make sure I gave it credit. Uh, what three music bands or performers should play at the at a cele celebratory opening concert at the new Everton Stadium? Bramley Moore. I asked, you know, it was really funny about this question is I asked a similar question on Ask Reddit, like, not specifically at Bramley Moore, Doc, but like I asked, yeah. you know, what three bands would you want to see in a lineup to celebrate COVID finally being over? <laughs> um, I will, I will tweak this a little bit just to try to get it <coughs> some more uh, Liverpool flair. Um, so, is this like me personally? Three bands I would want to see open up. Yeah, which what three Bramley music Moore acts should Doc? be the should be the first ones to perform at Bramley Moore? Okay, uh, celebration. I'd like to see. I I, I want to go with like some 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 indie rock because I feel like that kind of that kind of mm -hmm. goes goes with the the vibe of Everton a little bit, right? Um, so first, I would like to see the Arctic Monkeys. I think that'd be a a good one. Because you know, Agreed. Leighton Baines is good mates with the Arctic Monkeys, so that's a that's a good one. Uh, Red Rum Club would be another one. Shout out to Jeff Wallner, yep. who uh, you know turned me on to the Red Rum Club, and their drummer is a blue, the only blue in the entire band. So he, he partied hard, I'm sure, this past <laughs> weekend. Nice. Gave it to the rest of his bandmates. Um, and then this last one is just for me personally because I love them and they're they're my favorite band is Bad Flower to headline the whole thing and send us off into a new era of greatness at Bramley Mordock. Okay. And I I will add just because they're crazy uh, Evertonians. Uh, I'm going to have to and, and I don't know. I think it would be a very bizarre show but very I'm, I'm going to throw camel fat in there just because huge Evertonians. What a show that would be. My that would word. Be, that would be <laughs> – I would be way too old for it. I guarantee you. But it would be crazy. Just saying. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway. So, very cool. Uh, next. Okay. This one is for me. Jerry, what's your favorite ice cream topping? <laughs> I saw that one on Twitter. <laughs> Been hanging on the edge of my seat all day for this I, one. I was I was like, do I have like a funny, goofy? And I'm like, no. There's nothing. I can't sit there and go, more ice cream. You know, I don't know that there's a witty, clever way around this one. So, you know what? I... I think I'm going to say like crunched up like Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. I got started with Reese's Pieces when I was little because of the movie E.T. Yeah. And and now yeah. I'm still I'm still a Reese's Pieces fanatic. So yeah, crushed up. I thought about like caramel, you know, like those caramel sundaes from McDonald's. I grew up, that was yeah. my favorite thing. But 
you know what? The practicality of caramel on top, uh, it's just, it's really weird. You know what I mean? Like it's just the, 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 the texture is very strange. So there's a serious answer to what was probably a jokey question. Hey, all right. Now another one more serious. And I'll, uh, you know, Captain Pasty from, uh, I guess this is Reddit, asks, is top four actually possible? This shouldn't take long to discuss, by the way. This should be a quick one. Jake, top four actually possible? I don't see why not. I mean, we're looking at 13 games left. West Ham currently hold the fourth spot with, let's see, how many points does West Ham have? I don't have it off the top of my head because I was not prepared for this because well, I am an well, amateur. Chelsea, uh, West, Chelsea West Ham, are sitting like they have 43 points, and uh, you know they're just ahead West of Ham have 45. Yeah. So we have one game in hand on West Ham who have five more points than we do. Um, we have more wins than Liverpool do with one game in hand on them. Uh, Chelsea are now. I, I think Chelsea are our main main rivals for top four at this point in the season. I think. Okay, so sorry. Chelsea and Liverpool are because I, I think legitimately Liverpool are still probably in the hunt for top four. I think they're still probably legitimate, you know, challengers for the top four. Um, I I am a big. I am a big, you know, backer of West Ham and what they've done this season. In fact, uh, I wrote about West Ham and the job that they've done this season. Um, they are, they've really impressed me. David Moyes has brought in a couple of really key signings and mm-hmm. done an excellent job with that squad, but I think eventually they will taper off a bit um, once they hit a, a tough run of teams. I know they play Manchester City this weekend, so... You know, uh, they already lost to Liverpool, I think, two weekends ago. So, long story short, yes, top four, definitely still a possibility. Yeah, I I have to just flat out say yes. It is definitely possible. You know what I mean? Like, look at the math. Just look at the math and the fact that we are brutally unpredictable. We have no idea what we're going to do. So, at the moment, it's totally possible. You know, we just won at Anfield. Top four can happen. You can. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I, the idiot, the naive stars in my eyes, said we'd get fourth. Okay? It's, it's still possible, which is crazy. That's awesome. It's a hell of a season already. So, yeah. Yes. I, I just it's said funny. yes. It's funny. I, uh... <laughs> I... The funny thing is I picked Everton to finish seventh and right now I am bang on on my prediction, but I don't want to be get higher <laughs> in the table. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Um, this one is from uh, someone who's actually given us questions before. Bowsy toffee tits. Yeah. Is. Uh, that's a good one. Is Max Aaron's actually worth the money? His, his stats for this season aren't exactly jaw-dropping. Yes, he's young, rapid, and exciting, but in-product and tackling stats are pretty poor. Suppose there's a lot of time for him to develop. So the question there, 
is is Max Aaron's actually worth the money? I the figure I saw floating around was Norwich want thirty five million pounds, right? About mm-hmm. that thirty to thirty five million pounds. Around, yeah. Uh, you know, I think looking at the stats is the wrong way to go about it because I'm sure if you looked at Ben Godfrey's stats last year, he probably didn't have very good stat Norwich City. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to guess, because that was a pretty a pretty uh, terrible defense that they had there. Obviously, it was the worst in the division. They got relegated. Um, so that's my problem with looking at stats uh, for a good player on a bad team because it can, it can kind of skew it a little bit and make them look like maybe they aren't as good as they actually are. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, uh, 35 million pounds, that's a lot of money. Um, that's if you're, if you're, if you're believing what you've been told, which is Mushiri is going to, you know, push a hundred million pounds. That's, that's a quarter of it more, more than a quarter of it gone on one player. Um, Mm. and I don't, I, I think Max Aarons is a really good player and I think he's going to be either a premier league player or he's going to be signed by Bayern Munich in the summertime. So he's obviously a very good player. Uh, but 35 million pounds, that's really rich. If brands can talk it down to about 20 million pounds, I'm all there. I'm like, I'm, I am all there. I wouldn't pay any more than probably 25 for Max Aarons. I was thinking 25 as well. I agree. Uh, it's like, it's almost like I'm, I'm cool if it's a, I mean, if it's a Godfrey like fee, you know what I mean? Like that's to me. Like that's kind of uh, <laughs> they've come for you, Jake. <laughs> they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the future. All right, so that's a really good doc impersonation by you, man. Like, I gotta it, say, it, it's really it comes good. out every once in a while. I forget I do it. Um, <laughs> So uh, anyway, but uh, is he is actually worth that, that huge number? I hesitate for that. I think if they hold us to that, we find a different target, period. We've done that before. So, you know, but we are talking about a player. I think, I think he actually wants to come to us. I think he's excited. I think Godfrey is a friend of his. And... I think he sees the project happening. He sees what's happening. It's it's exciting. Carlo Ancelotti's our manager. What? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of really exciting stuff happening at this club right now. And I think he wants to be a part of it. And I think we're not going to have to pay that 35. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends up being like 28, if we end up signing him. No. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I wouldn't be completely against it. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I agree. I think it's a merging together. I always say like the merging together of stats and eyeball test, merge those two together. You know, how does someone just look when you, how would your vibe like when you watch them, they give the ball away a lot. Are they beat on the dribble a lot? How, how many final balls are they putting in? How accurate are they? You know, do they take people on? How good is their communication? How many brain farts they have a game? There's a lot of stuff. You know that just by watching, you know? You can tell, you know? So match that with the stats, merge them together. 
somewhere in the middle, some kind of truth emerges, which is cool. Um, so yeah, short answer. Yeah. Short answer is uh, no when it comes to the figures being bandied about. Yes, if you're paying a little less. And we know Marcel Bronze gets the price he wants. You know? He just wants to make honest Well, and I think, I think one thing I want to add on to this uh, is Bayern Munich don't try to sign bad players or mediocre players. They just don't do it. Yeah. Okay? Interested in Max Ahrens, obviously. Max Ahrens has something – that has stood out to the scouts at Bayern Munich. So mm-hmm. who am I going to believe? Like, I, and I'm not saying like, you know, this person on Twitter is, you know, wrong for questioning maybe his stats because, you know, they probably aren't the best, but like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with what Bayern Munich think is a good player. Hey, Hey, stats are, stats are part that's of it. the best team in the world. Yeah, no, I mean, I, stats are part of it, you know, which is, you know, that's, that's part of, how you how you judge a player, right? And uh, to be fair to uh, Mr. or Mrs. Toffee Tits, um, they say suppose there's a lot of time for him to develop, which there is. Yeah. There is a lot of time. There is. And yeah. and also it's all about the piece you want to put in your system, right? That's yeah. how are they going to fit in uh, with all you know. So anyway, so we need to move on. But thank you for the question, Bowsy. Toffee tits. Uh, Nine Yoshi five. I just had to say it one more time. Nine Yoshi five asks, what's your estimated transfer budget for this summer? I think, uh, I think that hundred million is, is about all you're going to get. Right. It might even be less than that. Uh, I was going to go less. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go less. Yeah. Yeah, and it also depends on how many players you're going to sell and for how much money you're going to sell them for, right? True. Because if you sell John Joe Kenny, right, you sell Moyes Keen. If Moyes Keen gets you 60 million pounds, that's 60 million pounds you get to reinvest into the squad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you sell Moyes Keen and you sell, let's say they sell Gilfie Sigerson to an MLS club this summer, Right, that's probably you're probably looking at five million pounds or so, maybe less, probably maybe two, two and a half to five, anywhere between like two and a half to five, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, for Gilfie Sigerson to an MLS club. Uh, you know, I would say the least I would take for Moiskeen is fifty million if PSU really want to buy him. Right, mm-hmm. um, you sell John Joe Kenny. Let's say he catches fire at Celtic, and you sell him off for you know anywhere between seven and ten million pounds. You know, that's that's a pretty good return, right? Mm-hmm. Plus whatever you want to invest already without selling players. I don't think it's out of the question to think that they could have a hundred million pounds at their disposal. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if it's less than that, like, you know, 70 million, 80 million. But I, I would say the very least you're looking at for me personally is probably 70 million pounds is your summer, summer investment. Yeah, net spend I think is going to depend a lot on whether or not we sell Keen. Yeah, uh, that's just a big part of it, you know. Um, like I, I was kind of adjusting myself to the fact that he was going, and then you see Fabrizio Romano say, 
I think Everton are planning on him staying and playing next season. And I was like, okay, so we, we don't get that money, but we get back a big-time talent. Cool. You know what I mean? I'm fine with that. Let's do it. And at that point, if we keep him, I think our net spend ends up being around 50. You know, um, once you take off all the sales and everything, you, you know, um, subtract that. I think we spent about 50. Last, last summer was what, 60 something? It was around 60, I think. Yeah. I think, I think it was like 20, 20, 20 or, or around that, maybe 65. And we have fewer needs now, but I will say if we end up in Europe, we have that ups our need for a deeper bench. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. More usable. I mean, you're, 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 if you're, if you, let's say you get in the champions league, you're, you're looking at, you need a definite right back. A lot of people would say you need a new goalkeeper, but then you would have to sell Jordan Bickford. If he has a good euros, Maybe you could get him off more easily. If he doesn't have a good Euros, he struggles. That sale is going to become a lot more complicated. If you make Champions League, you probably have to sell Moise Keane to PSG to fund the the squad build, right? Um, So there's a lot of mitigating factors into – see, that's that's a – it's a simple question, but it's a complicated answer, right? Really? Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of factors that go into how much money they're going to have to spend, you know, because if you make the champions league, you're going to need another midfielder. You're going to need a starting right back. You're going to need another striker, presumably because Josh King hasn't, I mean, he's probably not staying right. I don't uh, know what's going to happen with him. You know, um, we haven't, I mean, we've seen him, I think make two appearances Yeah. so far. He's done all right. You so, know, but, I mean, he won that free kick that scored us the late goal against Manchester United. So he did. I, will, I will give him that. Um, people will say, you know, and Carlo has said he's not really in peak shape yet. So right. maybe we haven't seen him because they're still trying to work on his match fitness. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I would I, – my idea would be they try to bring in somebody a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, to replace Moise Keane if they sell him off. So, but yeah. So you say you say uh, around fifty million net spent, and I'm going to say at the minimum seventy million. Cool. Honestly, either one that's with the value that Bronze has been getting. Either yeah. one that represents a solid. That's, that's probably summer. three players. Yeah. Yeah. Um. XX Gunther for twenty. Assumably, there were 419 other people who had the name <laughs> XX Gunther. And yeah. That's why yes. XX Gunther picked 420. That's at right. The end, I'm that's sure. right. It has nothing to do with a a no. not holiday holiday in no. the United States. Nothing no. at all. Nothing at all. Uh, asks uh, biggest target for summer signing. Um, I I have trouble be getting really specific with this kind of stuff. Um, I I usually like to start with okay positions of need. Go from position of need, and then so immediately I go to right back, which is a position of need. Um, it's one of the most dire positions of need. Yeah. Um, and then if we sell Moise Keane, and if for some reason King doesn't come back, then we need strikers. Yeah. We do. Yep. Um, but it, but after that, 
I mean, a lot of it's going to depend. Is somebody leaving? Are we upgrading? Are we getting some fresh, new, exciting talent? Or uh, for some players who are maybe a little – you mentioned Sigurdsson possibly. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Sigurdsson. I mean, he's well-liked in the dressing room, oh apparently. If they sell, if they sign Gilfie Sigurdsson to a contract extension, I will lose it. I will not be very happy at all. Hey, if he, if he keeps – but Carlos' trend is getting the most out of everyone. So, if he keeps blending in and doing a good job and – I'm not going to be as angry as Jake will be. I can't do another two seasons of Gilfie Sigerson. I just can't do it. I can't. I cannot put myself through that. I can't do it. Hey, hey, hey. What if, what if, what if, what if, uh, <laughs> what if things, you know, get a little better for Gilfie? You know what they I mean? Had, they had better get better. I don't just mean this penalty scorer, man. I know. I know, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're right. Continue. Before I, I, Sorry, I derailed you a little bit there. No, I'm not even sure if you, if you did. I was, you know. Well, say, so, yeah, I, I guess I have trouble with specifics when it comes to targets for summer signing. It's hard for me not to say that Max Ahrens is a top target because if we get him for the price we want – I feel like that's one of the first places I go, you know? Um, and, and if he's, I mean, he's friends with Godfrey and Godfrey's just been amazing. Uh, Magical. Yeah. You know, he's, so, so anyway, I, that's, that's personally where I would have to go. There's a lot of ifs though that happen with certain players leaving. Okay. Let's pretend like Gilby Sigurdsson does leave. Okay, well then, do you find a an attacking central player, young, exciting, you know, player from somewhere in Europe? Is that where we start going with that? And if it's somebody young, it's going to be a chance. You're going to be going with potential. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of weird stuff there. Because you can think of some really exciting young players. But I always hesitate to go too far with that stuff because we just don't know our situation till the end of the season. Yeah. So. No, I think you're bang on. I think you're bang on uh, with Max Aarons. I think he's the guy that you're going to hear the link more than anybody else. You're going to hear the interest more than anybody else, um, yeah. at least at least until the season ends, right? Because yeah. right now it's him and it's Adrian Rabiot who are we, we are being um, linked with. Who's getting most... to play for Juve, by the way. Yeah. So it's yeah, not he's, like he's – He is getting playing time now. Yeah, he's getting to play for Juve. He's playing for, for, for Pirlo. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I mean, though, like, is it really that much of a step down to go play for Carlo Ancelotti, though? A guy that he's, you know, it's not. It's not at all. Uh, Especially wanted... if they make the Champions League. That's that's like a lateral move, basically. Now, you and I. We're not hard to convince about that kind of stuff, but all the rest of the world says Juventus is Juventus. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juventus is Juventus, but, like, Juventus has not been Juventus that whole time. <laughs> well, I think it would be really easy to make happen if he wasn't playing much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which he wasn't. Yeah. You know. So, 
I don't know. Like right now, they're playing him a decent amount. So, yeah. You know. Uh, anyway, um, just want to clarify. There's two other questions. One of them I don't think we can give the full attention to um, because it's it's too good of a question. I'm just going to say. Um, Speak Boy uh, says, as a Scouse Blue who moved to the USA and lived there for most of the last decade before coming back home, I wanted to adopt a U.S. sports team. As, as I liked baseball, I looked for the most Everton team in Major League Baseball. I picked the New York Mets. Who are the Everton equivalents in Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, and even MLS? And I've got to be honest, Speak Boy, this takes research. This is a hard question. I wanted to acknowledge your question because it is, it requires a, a lot more thought and attention than we're going to be able to give right now. Like it's, it's tough. We were talking about it before we came on. I said, I told this question to Jake and we were both like, where to even begin on that? That's hard. Um, I would actually like to make it a topic one day though, for one of our shows and for segment. I just need to remember that this person is the one who suggested it. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I know, Jake, you had one for Major League Baseball you're going to throw out there just because. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, now hear me out on this, okay, because I know this is going to like is going to be a shock to the system and it's going to be this team in particular, but because of the color of this team, uh, good parallel to Everton Football Club. Um, they are one of the originals in Major League Baseball. Everton is an original, obviously, in uh, the English game. Um, the Cincinnati Reds have a a tradition of winning but they've won a lot in the past and have not won anything in time uh since the year 1990 last time everton won something was the year 1995 when they won the i believe it was the fa cup uh so both teams haven't won since the 90s both teams are originals both teams have a history of winning in the past and being dominant in the past so, if you're looking for a Major League Baseball team and you can swallow wearing the color red in the summertime when Everton aren't playing, the Cincinnati Reds are your team to go with. Uh, right now, they are, uh, I would say, uh, you know, they have a, a manager who's, you know, maybe not the best manager that you can get. He's, they, they don't have a Carlo Ancelotti, but you mm-hmm. know, that's your so- team. So, is Barry Larkin pretty much Tim Cahill? (laughs) That's a good one. No, I like that. I like that comparison. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's a good one, man. I I love it. I I was searching on that one. I was like, who can I do for Barry Larkin? It's the first one I came up. Um, Cool. All right. So, um, anyway, I'm not going to suggest any because my answers are lame and I have nothing to back them up with. So, but I do want to actually give that attention sometimes. So I would, I would also like to add that I don't think there's an MLS club. That's anything like Everton because the MLS is still relatively new. So trying to work that out. That's a tough one too. So 
Jake, we need to reconvene on this at a later date on that one. Deal? Deal. Done. Okay. To be continued, speak boy. Uh, last question from uh, one of my favorite names. Uh, that's one juicy duck on Reddit. That's a, that's a heck of a Reddit name. If you had to get rid of one summer signing, who would it be? Well, of course, we had to go a little negative. So <laughs> what is are, – are you okay? All right. So, okay, so, so uh, if you had to get rid of one summer signing, who would it be? Um, so essentially, this is really hard because you're talking about choosing between Godfrey – Thomas Rodriguez, Alan. Uh, who else? Who else is a summer signing? I feel like we had one more. Nkunku, maybe. Niels Nkunku. Feel yeah, like I think I think you're right. Nkunku, I believe, was Ancelotti's first signing. Oh, Decore. <coughs> Decore. Oh, Decore. Decore. How could we forget? Yeah. How could we possibly forget? Okay, this is a. This is this question is too hard as well. I don't like it. You know, it's, honestly. Oh, Alex wait, was Alex he was last yeah. summer, right? That was last Before. summer. Yep. Okay. Um I'm not you know what, I'm not gonna answer this question. I'm not getting rid of any of those guys. Come on now. Those guys are like keystones to the squad now. Like I can't. I can't you can't like be like, Oh, which one would you get rid of? I wouldn't get rid of any of them. Are you kidding me? It's hard. It's hard. How could you say, how could you in good conscience say Alan or Decore? You know what I mean? When both of them bring so much, you know? Uh, Hamas Rodriguez is a flipping global icon. Okay. And Godfrey is a flipping boxer turned footballer. You know what I mean? It's absurd. So, I wanted to acknowledge the fact that this question was asked. I don't know if I have the guts to answer it. I know I don't. Not definitely not. For sure I don't. I think I think in order to answer that I would have to like put the names in a hat and pick one at random and just go, "Sorry, your time was up. What do you do?" you know? So, anyway. That may be like if you could say out of all those, you'd be like, uh, well, Nkunku normally doesn't play with the first team, so yeah. It's a cheap way out. Cheap way out. So, all right. <clears throat> I think it's the end of the show. So, apologies to that juicy duck. That's one juicy duck. Uh, that's just That was just one juicy question. Yes. Yes, it was. So, Jake, Jacob, Jacob Tholomew. Uh we have finished the show. Yet again. The show is over. Yeah. Um, so so Jacob, do you have anything you wanna you wanna push out there? We know you do uh, toffee targets. Do you have another 
site potentially that you're writing I with right now? Do yeah. Do you? I, I had no do. idea. I do. Yes, I am writing with a great group of people over at the Broken Anchor. The Broken Anchor is where I believe you can find them at the Broken Anchor on Twitter. Um, it is a new company that we are trying to get I, I am a part of that they are trying to get off the ground and I am trying to be a contributor for them I am writing about all different kinds of things it's not just football slash soccer over there it will be a whole variety of topics um, I have written a piece on Manchester City and West Ham and I wrote a piece about the Derby this past weekend uh, I wrote a piece about uh, the Everton Manchester United draw, but I won't just be writing about soccer slash football. I will be writing about all different kinds of topics. In fact, I will probably be writing about a, uh, a local MMA fight happening this weekend. So, oh. so is it mainly sports though, or can you do you delve into like uh, male hygiene product reviews <laughs> or anything like that? I would like to branch out a little bit. I, I do like, I do like to, I would like to write a little bit more about entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps some movie reviews. That's something that I used to enjoy doing a lot uh, when I took a course on it in high school. So, Sweet. Um, so yeah, entertainment, sports, um, random things. Uh, I had thought about writing about one of my favorite cartoons that I watched when I was a teenager, but I couldn't really put that together in my head properly. Maybe eventually when I get it put together. Are you, are you trying to keep it secret for a reason? Well, I don't want to give away what it is now, Jerry, because then it's going to be a surprise when it comes. So clearly he's talking about the cartoon film, heavy metal. It's obvious. (laughs) That's what he's talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yes, obviously. That's exactly what I'm talking it's, about. It's but anyway, where, it's where we were all jumping, you know? So it's um, <laughs> check it out. The broken anchor at the broken anchor on Twitter. You can find me there. Uh, I put out pieces Tuesdays and Sundays uh, at 1230 PM. I have to ask what is the broken anchor? The title, like, what does it mean? I haven't gotten that far into the conversation yet. Uh, I, have not was, a- I have not asked that question I did not even think to ask that question I was, I was curious I wasn't sure if it's a symbolic thing For the region uh, Or if it was like Hey, how can an anchor be broken? It just has to be lighter to be broken To not function So how would that be? So I was, I was trying, to, trying to work that out Because I looked at the logo And I saw it had like a little crack in it We're good. Okay. For those of you listening via podcast, Jake either has an enormous pet that's tossing him notes or has family family <laughs> members or roommates, roommate, roommate. interacting with. So yeah, that, that's, that explains the pauses. Um, so anyway, Broken Anchor, check out the Broken Anchor, Toffee Targets, which is something Jacob's and Jake's been doing for a while. And there you go. Um, so all over the place. Yes, that's good. He's a content provider. He's a, he's a giver. Okay. So I'm going to be a social media influencer. Hey, not careful. Hey, it's going to be all, you know, 
revealing pictures of Jake. <laughs> Trying to uh, talk about different protein supplements. That's Yay! Right. So, so uh, additional plugging. I need to mention, uh, if you've been digging the videos, if you've been digging the podcast, uh, Toffee Blues USA, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast, all that stuff. You can uh, do that. There's a little button down there. And uh, hit for notifications if you like. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really cool, um, this channel's pretty great. There's a lot of awesome guys that, uh, awesome people that know a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, they let me hang out virtually sometimes, which is cool. So um, so there's that. Uh, I, yeah, I'm okay with the club that would have me as a member, I guess. So yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, also check out the Top of Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and the whole website with information uh breaking down everton it's just a it's just a hell of hell of a lot of everton okay so check it out on there um and finally yeah i have to do this i keep forgetting to buy my book ran off the christmas moose for the kids a eh? or you know what maybe you're an adult who's not getting to do what you want to and, and, and something's holding you back like maybe an elf that has no chin well that's what happens to randolph all right so Randolph, or maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you want to get into running. Yeah, Randolph does. Okay. Anyway, Randolph the Christmas Moose, you can find it. It's not just a Christmas book there, even though the title, yeah, would say it is. Anyway, there you go. You can find it on Amazon. Gosh, pushing my book, man. Oh, my God. Anyway, all right, Jake, I just want to tell you thanks, man. As always, it's really cool. Yes, always a good time. All right. Um, I'm going to go hang out with the wife now. Enjoy that. that for, about, about, for about five minutes. And then she'll be like, <laughs> it's time to sleep. So yeah. Anyway, good to talk to you, man. Always good energy, good vibes. It's a hell of a good time to be an Evertonian, man. Yes. Up the toffees. Up up the topic toffees. I'm pretending there's a I said a swear. Tom Davis. Yeah, if you haven't found that video, you should. Oh, you should. You, you have there. to search it out because it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I finally found it today. It took me that long. Uh, All right. Much love to everybody out there. Jake, thanks again, man. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, always always a pleasure every time I get to talk to you. So um, thanks for the, you know, thoughtful insight. Um, Got it. Anyway, uh, so everybody else out there, take care of yourself. Stay safe. Uh, keep riding this pandemic thing out, you know. We're we're getting towards the end. Yeah, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. It'd be crazy. All right, everybody, let's get three points this coming Monday. Much love. Bye.